two artists walk into a bar. Now stop me if you've heard this one. Listen in as artists and creators talk over drinks about their work, life, and the creative journey. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 14 of Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm host artist Carol McQuaid. Our guest artist in this episode is painter and visual effects texture artist Sherry Rogers. Our bar is Off the Rail Brewing near her studio on Clark Drive. We'll talk about her trajectory from tiny town to urban center that is so central to her work, her success with movie art, and her empowering relationship with a bicycle. You'll find links to all these things and more, along with full show notes on our website, twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you like it and want to hear more episodes, subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love the show, head to the website where you can sign up for updates and buy us our next round. Now let's head to Off the Rail, where Sherry shares all, including at the end, a new punchline for the show. Thanks, Sherry. Cheers. So, Sherry Rogers. Hi. Hello. Here we are at Off the Rail in uh, close to your studio. Yeah. About to be two artists walking into a bar. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Yay. Mm. So, you are... A Vancouver-based artist. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to talk to you for a whole bunch of reasons. And uh, a big part of it is I recently saw you speak at the Thrive Mini Talks. Right. And I loved, loved, loved your series with the bikes. So yeah. why don't we start with that? Tell me about that series. Um, I started painting that series about two years ago. And I just got a new bike, and I also learned how to ride it in the city, which was a big revelation to me. I'd always ridden around the seawall and just ridden for fun, but when I learned how to ride down the streets, uh-huh. um, it just felt like the whole city opened up to me. And I was suddenly able to like coast down back alleys that I would never have walked through because I had a little speed. And I could see what was down there. I just feel like I was going through a period where I was pushing the boundaries of things that I could do and things that I wanted to see and places where I wasn't supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and so it took me down these back alleys and I found all this art back there. Yeah. So as a stand-in for myself, I would lean the bike against some of this street art and the murals that I found And they were such interesting photos uh, that I started doing paintings of them. The first one started as a submission for an art show, and the theme was movement. But I uh, missed that deadline, and just uh, (laughs) I ended up doing another one, and then another one, and they just kept on going from there. They're breeding in your studio. Yeah, yeah. Now there's all kinds of bicycles, and I've got my friends' bicycles, and uh, I've seen street art in Vancouver, and then I started traveling and I found street art in Toronto and LA and so it became a bigger and bigger series. Right so for our listener if they're sitting in front of a computer screen and they wanted to quickly pull up one of these paintings and and see what we're talking about where would they go? Well my website is sherryrogers.com or I'm on Instagram at sherryrogers and yeah they look like a collection of a lot of different artists paintings you know, in the background, but I've done a recreation of those street arts as a landscape painting with a bicycle in the center. Yeah, I love it. And when I first saw them, it was fun because I, 
you know, the first one flashed up on the screen and I went, oh, what a great photo yeah. of street art <laughs> and then I went oh no it's yeah. not it's it's a They're, portrait and yeah. and the bike is like an avatar yeah and for me I got a little of that like little girl on, yeah. on an adventure yes. like you are on a yeah. bike and yeah yeah like I really felt this great sense of freedom on a bicycle like I could see things that I'd never seen before and I could move faster and use my own body to have these experiences so yeah there was definitely a sense of adventure in there and I paint with very small brushes and um, I would use little aerosol uh, bottles to spritz the paint on and it would give it sort of a textured look oh, similar yeah. to the brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also is reminiscent of a street artist mm-hmm. using aerosols on a wall. Mm-hmm. And it added just sort of an element of chaos that strangely adds to the realism mm-hmm. of it as well. Yeah. The works of yours I've seen, they almost remind me of like an egg tempera they're so yeah. fine like yeah they're very yeah. detailed but still super lively yeah. yeah yeah it's my neuroses yeah well it's <laughs> nice to see you putting that to good use yeah thank you it's very <laughs> we, productive neuroses <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of your collectors and viewers we all yes, thank you and thanks. whatever happened in your past before that <laughs> Yeah, when I was at the Thrive Talk after, someone came up to me, and because the paintings were being projected on the wall, she said that she was having this like experience where she couldn't see it as a painting. It looked like a mural yeah. on the wall with a bike in front of it. Yeah. So, yeah, she said she was tripping out the yeah. whole time. <laughs> and, and for our listener, the Thrive Talk minis are these evenings put on by Thrive Mastermind, yeah. Jamie and Tara, who I just yeah. interviewed for the oh, show amazing. the other day. They were yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love Thrive. It's yeah. been a really great experience and yeah. very encouraging you know, to be able to talk and bounce all these ideas off other artists. Yeah. So, so with the mini talks, they gather up six or seven mm-hmm. artists and each person does about a nine minute talk. Yeah. And it's a great way to get kind of into the heads of a bunch of the working practices of yeah. a lot of different artists in one fell swoop. Yeah. Well, and to hear about people's lives and how art is incorporated into their life story mm-hmm. and like stories that you don't often hear because they're women's stories um there was just such a diverse amount of speakers that night it was there was really amazing I did it a maybe a year ago and when I did it one of the big challenges was it's almost like a Pecha Kucha where you're on a timer you've got I forget how many slides and how many minutes but it all has to be perfectly timed but the night you did it yeah all of a sudden the timer wasn't yeah we had to click our own images and yeah it kind of threw me off a little because I like that like deadline and I kind of paced myself but it's just good practice for improv and for like rolling with it so I think I managed (laughs) yeah and and the stories were the collectively it made a beautiful yeah ensemble it was it was a great night Mm -hmm. yeah really really good so you've been doing these paintings enjoying the city being very urban but that is not necessarily your background right no not at all I'm from Saskatchewan a farm in the middle of nowhere Uh and (laughs) um, I've been living in Vancouver for 15 years but yeah I definitely come from rural Canadian background yeah 
Yeah. I loved what you told me when we walked in here. There was somebody else from Saskatchewan. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. where, how to locate places. Yeah, well, I always say I'm two hours south of Saskatoon. And it, it's always like in relation to that one place that you've heard of yeah. in Saskatchewan. And this person in here that I know, she lives um, somewhere in between Elbow and Eyebrow, which are <laughs> two other towns in Saskatchewan. And I knew exactly where she meant. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my husband's a Melfort boy, so oh, hey, he'll yeah. be happy to hear. Oh, Melfort! Yeah, oh, Melfort. He was a Melfort Mustang. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, to go from being two hours from somewhere that people would know, yeah. To riding around the downtown east side. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big shift. Yeah. I had never rode a bike on pavement until oh I moved God. to Vancouver. So I had a little um, banana seat bike and I used to go on the cruiser rides um, when I moved to Vancouver and they'd cruise around from a meeting point, you know, somewhere downtown and then all the way to Jericho or to Spanish Bank. So it was always a different route. But the first time I ever did it, it was, I was just, elated because it was so easy to ride on pavement rather than a gravel road yeah (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I had a second childhood when I was here and I just loved my bike I love my bike yeah Yeah. and when I met you it was in different circumstances it was through some art events and you always struck me as so urban yeah yeah yeah, it was fun to discover (laughs) that you're from a different world yeah yeah. well I think I just um because I'm not from here I still see the city with fresh eyes and I don't know just being in a large population of people is really exciting there's so many different kinds of people. There was one time when I was coming home one night and I went from Broadway through the Sky Train and then walked through downtown and I realized I had passed more people than I grew up with in my whole hometown, <laughs> just on my route home. Yeah. Or there was one time at work where I went from the second floor, it's a London-based company, and I went from the second floor to the first floor and I realized I'd heard more accents than I'd heard in the first 20 years of my life, yeah. you know? And it, so I still just find that that's so incredible and exciting it's just always I just always see it with fresh eyes and for me coming from just outside of Vancouver living up always here when I need my brain kind of stretched it's the opposite like I'll go to a residency in Wells BC (laughs) or some little tiny town between the elbow and eyebrow equivalent of Barcelona there's nobody here I'm so inspired yeah 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 and it never occurred to me to be to feel afraid to be that isolated before but now that I've been in the city for so long I feel this like anxiousness whenever I go out into the country now I need people yeah and people who need people yes So your studio is about a block from where we are in yeah. this awesome building. Yeah, it's William Clark Studio. And tell me about studio life there. What's that vibe like? Yeah, it's really good. This is my fifth year in that building, and it's mostly painters that are in there. Um, all different kinds, like styles of painting, but it's sort of a curated collection of people. And um, it's not as, during the crawl, it's not as crazy busy as Parker Street, but the people that come really love paintings. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it's a really fun group. So Eastside Culture Crawl, yeah. annual event here in Vancouver and all over this neighborhood. So um, 
So I think it's from... I don't know. It's gotten bigger and bigger. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, Parker Street's a big one in Murgatroyd. And then there's a whole bunch down on Hastings. I haven't actually, you know, been a participant in the crawl for mm-hmm. so many years now that there's all these new buildings that I haven't even yeah, yeah. been in because I have to man the fort in my own studio. So. Yeah, I was in a couple years ago with my studio in yeah. Chinatown. And then last year when the building was sold I um, had this freedom it yeah. was like I got to go around and I got to come yeah, and see you and, yeah. and your studio mate yeah. Jen Brisson's yeah. work and everybody in the building awesome awesome mm-hmm. so one year you're gonna have to play hooky and get I always there. buy a pair of earrings over at Murgatroyd uh-huh. by the glass blowers. so I leave my studio and just run <laughs> over there buy my earrings they know me I'm like it's my yearly earring buy I'm, I'm gonna run back and yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always just so busy. The yeah. day just goes, you yeah. know, it flies by. So. so you show and sell your work at the Eastside Culture yeah. Crawl. You also are doing some events, some other events. Yeah, um, I usually show in galleries throughout the year. It's just different shows. I often show at Gallery 1988 in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do movie-based pop art, and oh. so they put out a call based on a theme. So a show just opened up for me uh, on Friday it was called 30 Years Later and it celebrates movies that came out in 1988 Mm -hmm. their founding year so they kind of give you these parameters like choose a movie from 1988 and do a painting based on it so it's kind of like being in school they give you a theme and then I have to come up with an idea that kind of matches my style of artwork and something that I'm interested in but within the parameters of this movie. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's always such a diverse amount of styles and um, ways to express these movies. It's They're, they're really fun to do. Yeah, yeah, cool. And what movie did you pick? Oh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. And I did a painting about Jessica yeah. Rabbit. The I'm yeah. not really bad. I'm just drawn that yeah, way. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. right on. Yeah. And you've done some other movie-based paintings that I've seen over yeah. time. I think a beautiful Breakfast Club one oh, yeah. comes to mind. At Hot Artwood City, I did a show called Strong Female Character. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the movie trope that um, there's a strong female character, but it followed the idea of the Bechdel test, which is um, two women who have names talk to each other about something other than a man. This and is what, like, movies that contain these parameters? Yeah, the, and there's okay. hardly any movies that pass that simple test. Like, there's only about 30% of movies that passed that test. So who was Bechdel? Give us those parameters again, and I want to know who Bechdel yeah, was. <laughs> so it's Alison Bechdel, and she put out a graphic, or put out a comic that referenced um, the Bechdel, what became the Bechdel test. And it was two women who have names that talk to each other about something other than a man, or the lead character. And this eliminates 70% of all films? Yeah. Holy smoke. Yeah. So I went through and chose a series of movies that passed that Bechdel test and did paintings based on those. So that became my Strong Female Character series. Oh. And yeah, I showed that one at Hot Wet City uh, last January. It was in there. And then based on that series, that's how I started showing at Gallery 1988 because it's in Hollywood and, you know, they're really... And they promote their movies and the movie history. So, And did you find them or did they find you? I found them. 
So I had this whole series already made, so I sent it to them. And it's uh, and how was the opening? How is the show going? Yeah, really good. I showed in three or four different shows last year, different themes. One was internet memes. Um, one was, I think it was another 30 Years Later show, but based on movies from 1987. Yeah. Uh, there was a Stephen King tribute show. And I went down in July to see the one that was... Um, happening in the summer and yeah they're just they're really excited about art in LA people were lined up around the block to get in and sometimes celebrities show up uh, Lauren Lapkus bought one of my paintings which oh, was wow. like a thrill yeah. so yeah, yeah it's cool. uh, it's interesting to be able to see my little babies out in another city yeah, making their way <laughs> yeah, out into totally. the world right on <laughs> So you're showing at the gallery in LA, you're showing around Vancouver, you're showing at the Culture Crawl. Yeah. You also are going to be part of the Toronto yeah. Outdoor Show. Yeah, tell us about that. The Toronto Outdoor Exhibition, it happens every July. Yeah, I don't know what it will be like. It's a really a big outdoor art show. The artists all have 10 by 10 foot tents that they show in and it's in Nathan Phillips Square. So I think it will be kind of like the Eastside Culture Crawl, but outside in yeah. Toronto. I think too with the outdoor, I mean it's very much like an art fair yeah. too where a lot of galleries are going oh, looking okay. at artists' work yeah. and and that kind of thing. So it will be very interesting yeah, to see what comes I'm out of that for really you. excited yeah. and I love Toronto. I love going in the summer and just getting that like intense heat. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And you've got this thriving art practice. You've got some really cool work that is getting shown and getting seen and getting sold. That's yeah. always a fun part. Uh, but you yeah. also have an alter ego um, career-wise. Tell us about the work that you do. By day, I work in the visual effects industry. Mm -hmm. um, so I work on either live action visual effects films mm -hmm. um, or on animated movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, we're good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I've been doing that for about 15 years, too. Mm -hmm. I went to Edmonton and got my BFA, and then... Uh, and that's straight out of the town two hours? Yeah, <laughs> I went to school yeah. in Camrose, which was just outside of Edmonton, and it was a little university, um, and it was all farm kids that went there. They were really good at recruiting from small towns, and it was a really good buffer from, you know, living in a tiny town where I only knew, you know, 20 people in my class to, like, not quite a real city. Everybody lived on campus, so it was still like a small town there. Yeah. And um, it was just a good cushion between small town and, like, big city. Yeah, an entry level city. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> we can make all kinds Training of references. Training city, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I got my BFA, stayed there for three years, and then I moved to Edmonton. And I worked at the paint spot there. Mm -hmm. um, and Edmonton's, you know, a great city if you work in construction, but um, it wasn't so great as an artist. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I'd always been encouraged to do art, you know, as a kid. And everyone just said, you'll be an artist, you'll be an artist. There was no question about it. But there was also no explanation about right. how, that was, how do you live on that or how do you make that happen. So when I got out into the world, I was... Uh, kind of lost in what to do yeah what is the paint spot oh it's sort of like opus in oh, okay. edmonton yeah okay gotcha yeah. so an art supply store. yeah totally okay. yeah and it was yeah. good because i got to learn how to talk to strangers yeah and <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was nice just to kind of um 
I learned a lot about paint technically, mm -hmm. uh, a lot more than I ever learned in university. Yep. I learned, you know, how paint was made and uh, learned about paper and about canvases. So like the technical qualities of like why you choose one brush over another, mm -hmm. um, it was a great education from, yeah. from working there. I'll have all kinds of questions for you once we're off, okay. off mic then. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. I still remember everything. Yeah, so. art supply nerd. Uh, I like, yeah. So you finished your training. You're yeah. working in the art store. How did you actually break into working? Yeah. Um, well, I had a friend who was a programmer, and he was working next door in this company called BioWare. And um, he said, Cherry, there's lots of artists here. You know, you should come on a tour. And so he took me into this game studio and I just couldn't believe it. There was art, you know, pinned on the walls from floor to ceiling. All these artists were doing digital work. You know, I didn't even know that industry existed. I didn't even know that there were jobs where artists were employed. And it was so exciting. Like finally I had sort of an avenue, uh, something to pursue. So I put together this really terrible portfolio and sent it to them and then I got a rejection letter back and they're like sorry this is you know totally <laughs> unacceptable and uh, but I had a name and so I wrote this person in HR back and I said what do I need to work for you and she wrote me back I couldn't believe it and she was like you need to go to Sheridan College yeah and I didn't even know that existed. That yeah. was in Toronto. And so I did some research on that and I, you know, sent off an application. And then with one month's notice, I got accepted. Uh -huh. And then I was like, oh, my God, now I have to go to Toronto. <laughs> it was just I was terrified. Yeah. And I threw away everything I owned, <laughs> literally, and uh, moved to Toronto. It was actually in Oakville, so it was another kind of buffer city. Yeah. Yeah, and I took an eight-month course in animation there. And when I started in university, I started in computer science, but um, I was in a class of 150 people. There was only two girls, mm -hmm. and I was I had a lot of aptitude using computers, but I didn't have any social support, and the delivery of computer science is so dry I just I couldn't stick with it so yeah. that was how I ended up getting into fine art so when I found this program that combined artistic skills with you know digital skills which were all new like everything was new um it was just a great way to kind of marry my two interests yeah nice yeah so you finished the program got a job right away and um all of my peers in my class were desperately trying to get work in Toronto and I kind of missed Western Canada there's just a different feel yeah. to being out here and I'd never been to Vancouver but I just thought what the heck yeah I'm gonna move to <laughs> Vancouver so again I threw away everything I owned and moved out here and when I arrived in Vancouver Battlestar Galactica was um, the newest show mm -hmm. and I got onto that show and then film companies started opening up here and I just kind of rolled from one project to another project and then 15 years went by. Wow. Yeah. So you've had an, an awesome thriving career. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty steady. I left uh, in 2010. I went to Toronto and back to Toronto and worked on an animated project there. Mm -hmm. And then I also went to London and worked on a show there, but I really missed Vancouver. I... I don't know. I love the art scene here and yeah. 
So I ended up coming back. It is pretty magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. So you've been doing that and consistently finding time to create yeah. artwork as well. So that's been a common thread through your... I think so. For the first probably seven or eight years that I worked in visual effects, like it was really all-encompassing to learn the skill and to, you know be in a career and to keep finding new projects to work on because it was always like six month contracts four month contract mm -hmm. you know moving from show to show to show so it took me a little while to find that stability in my skill and then I started to really miss being able to make my own creative decisions like after working in film and being told all the time you know make it more blue make it more red make it bigger mm -hmm. um, I think is so important for an artist to be self-directed and to have their own projects and to say this is when it's done mm -hmm. and you know this is what I want to do and just to exercise that creative freedom mm -hmm. and so then I started painting probably 2011 2012 I started taking it seriously again yeah and building up yeah a, yeah yeah a cv and a mm -hmm. body of work yeah and, yeah i loved the body of work i saw of yours i think a couple of crawls ago where you had taken headlines about oh, yeah. animal stories from the paper Tell yeah us about that that one started when i was in london and i was reading the canadian news mm -hmm. and i in london england yeah not in london not ontario, ontario. okay <laughs> okay the london <laughs> yeah but I was reading the Canadian news as an outsider for the first time, and my coworker said, "For sure, a lot of news about animals." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I never really noticed." And so I started. Uh, I did one painting of a crazy headline that said, um, "Deer attacks woman in her own driveway." Mm -hmm. And so I'd take a real headline and do sort of an editorial painting based on that headline. And then I'd put it together as though it was a, a news story. Mm -hmm. And that one was so fun. I did another one and there would be like a surreal cougar attack where a cougar snuck into a woman's house. Or another headline was um, 12 bears come to town acting like they own the place. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did a painting of 12 bears at a patio party. Yeah. And yeah, they were so funny and yeah. so narrative and... Um, people could also, I think, really identify with them. Um, it turned, it kind of, you know, turned one painting into another, into another. Mm -hmm. And uh, people are still sending me animal news headlines saying, <laughs> paint this one. And do you want them to just stop? <laughs> yeah, you totally. can use this airtime like to get I'm, that message I'm out. done. I'm done. <laughs> Move <Yeah>. on, people. <laughs> it was really funny because totally separately, I took a break from working visual effects and I ended up getting a job working on global news, mm -hmm. doing uh, over-the-shoulder graphics for the newscasters there. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, then I became part of the news right. and I had to work on these animal stories every single day and yeah I, I kind of lost my momentum. Sherry we need 12 <laughs> bears looking like they own the place before Too the late. six o'clock. <laughs> exactly and that was when that series kind of ended for me. I, yeah. Just like I can't this has become my life. <laughs> yeah you know it's funny I do these contracts on the cruise ships where I go yeah. and, and uh, teach art and, and travel and every morning you get a little newspaper depending on what country you're from and I get the Canadian one and yeah. it's like you know and it's a sprinkling of everything it's like yeah. international news you know what's happening in American politics yeah. and then it'll have one adorable little story about a bear or a hockey player or Raccoons. you know <laughs> often enough again. sometimes not but often enough and we'd sit yeah. in the in the state room and just go oh 
stand up, sing the anthem, yes. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, so my first crawl in the studio space that I was in, I showed all those animal news stories. And yeah, a lot of uh, rural Canadians thought they were pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so you've done that series and you've done the bike series. You still do a lot of sort of, I guess, would you call it fan art or... Yeah, yeah. yeah film, so. film fan art. Yeah. yeah. Love it, love it, yeah, love thanks. it. And what is next for you? Um, well, as I was doing those bike paintings, I got really interested in the idea of uh, where an artist has to be in order to see the landscape that they're painting. Mm-hmm. I was especially conscious of it in the uh, paintings that I did when I was out at night. And I really love horror, too. I love movies and so my work is kind of morphing into uh, an exploration of an artist outside in the nighttime and like what is there to see Mm -hmm. and it's still based around street art and you know like that street art is happening at night Mm -hmm. so it is still kind of imitating the street artist life yeah yeah and so how do you feel when you get off that bike and lean it on a wall? Yeah, well, it's scary. Yeah, Yeah, I'm by myself and I'm in an alley and I feel like, you know, the mural artists or the street artists, they're uh, claiming their place in the public sphere by painting on a wall. You know, like we see advertisements in the cities everywhere, all like corporate based art. And it's a street artist's um, way of claiming that area as their own, to be able to do something creative and to put a mark. It's like social media in the streets. Mm-hmm. But for me to go in that alley and to witness that art is kind of claiming my place right. in the public sphere. Like, I have a right to be in that alley. That That's part of my city, you know? And there, I have a right to be out at night. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's sort of, again, pushing those boundaries. You know, I am also at risk. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, sort of an exploration of, you know, what does that mean? And it's always, you know, through the lens of a female artist. So there are all kinds of considerations, you know, that have to come into play in order to see that artwork. Yeah. And ever had any strange encounters out there when you've been doing that? Um, I had a really good experience. Uh, There's an alley in Toronto that's filled with street art. And a man came up to me and said, you know, I saw that you're taking photos. Do you want to take some photos together? And it was really fun. We walked through this alley. He was a photographer. You know, I was uh, looking for bike references. And we just had this really amazing shared experience back there, just appreciating the art and Mm -hmm. talking about what we saw. And uh, comparing, you know, our compositions and yeah, so that was really positive. Yeah, 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 right on. It was a nice change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you are, roaming the cities and having this experience, being on your bike. Like I, I hear your stories and I see a graphic novel or oh. some kind of uh, animated. Yeah, well, that's you know, what Jen is always telling me that I need to start your my... studio mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that for sure. You mentioned you always felt you would be an artist and they're just everybody assumed but uh, nobody delivered a clear path for you you had to create it so tell me about being young and knowing you had an art calling early what was that 
Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> um, well, being in a small town, uh, there's only so many, you know, kids in an age group. And so people get kind of defined. Like there's the athletic one and then there's the smart one. Mm-hmm. And I was the artistic one. So um, there was me and my best friend and she really loved art too. And so, I don't know, we kind of had each other to bounce ideas off of and encourage each other. There weren't a lot of exhibitions or, you know, places to show. And I was just so eager for that. I just wanted, I wanted to get started so, so how, quickly. How did you feed your creative soul at that age? How did you find references and things that inspired yeah, well, there was no internet, uh-huh. so <laughs> I read the books uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> made of paper. <laughs> so analog. Um, I had a really good art teacher who was very encouraging, um, but mostly it was just self-directed, and I think that's really how I still am. Like I get up and I go and paint, and I'm very disciplined about it because I just think we're in this time where all these things are available, you know, like we have social media, we have websites, and it's also accessible. And when I think about that time when there was nothing available, I just feel this like, hunger to take advantage of all the avenues that we have now. Like I remember even in about 2005, I just thought if I could just get a website onto the internet, there's so much that I could do. And I would sit at home using Dreamweaver, just trying to teach myself how to use that program so that I could, you know, have a website. Yeah. And now it's so easy. You can just go throw something online and everybody can see it. And it's amazing. Yeah. But I also just have this pressure all the time because of that Mm -hmm. self-discipline. I wonder how all of those changes will affect the experience of kids growing up in those environments. Like, it's going to be wildly different. I know. Like, I know. Things will never be, yeah. never be that way again. I have yeah. uh, taught um, visual effects at the Vancouver Film School for the past two years. Oh. And when the kids there would ask me questions, I would always be like, did you search the internet? <laughs> like, we didn't have the internet. Like, look it up. So, yeah, I think they just take for granted that it's there. Yeah, Yeah, who knows what will come from this, from the starting point of taking it for granted, what will come out of that. Yeah. So you do some teaching. Yeah. And what's that experience like for you? Oh, it's really, it's been really good. I, my title in the visual effects industry is texture artist and so I'm working as a digital painter I take 3d models and basically paint uh, what you see in the backgrounds when a film is shot on a green screen my job is to take those 3d models and you know if it's a building then it will be a cement building or I paint the bricks or I paint the rocks or the street um, so, so you're rendering materials and finishes. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. So my job at the Vancouver Film School was to teach these students how to use the software and kind of guide them to make their own portfolios and then get out into the, the industry. Yeah, it was really good for me because I think that like being a painter is one thing and talking about being a painter is another thing. It's a separate set of skills and I think it really... Um, built up my confidence and my ability to explain you know how things are supposed to look in descriptive words instead of just execution yeah it's interesting that for a huge part of your career you are taking 
the real world yeah. and filtering it into a digital format. And then in your spare time, you're taking, you know, something that looks like a digital creation yeah. and filtering it into the real world. Yeah. 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 Either that or I just really love painting bricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's working for you, and it seems to be. <laughs> yeah. Back to that neuroses. <laughs> So the show is called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you have a punchline for me. Oh, or... Yeah, it was really hard, but I thought uh, two artists walk into a bar and one artist says, tell me an art joke. And the ar- other artist says, I'm drawing a blank. ba boom ching yeah, it took me all day to think of that, and then I realized I am the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, well played. Yes, thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming out to play. Okay, thanks for having me. <laughs> Yay. You've been listening to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. For full show notes and all the links, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you liked the episode, remember to subscribe, sign up for updates, and leave us a review. And if you loved the episode, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com and buy us our next round. Cheers.